Hello everyone, welcome to Users First, a UX design podcast. I'm your host, Alessio Ferracuti, and today our special guest is David Hamill. David is an experienced UX consultant, and he's worked with uh, some very large corporations such as Skyscanner and BBC. David works as a consultant for startups and large corporations, and he's also a design advisor, providing feedback to designers on their work. David is a UX specialist and his favorite areas of uh, UX involve research and usability testings, which will be today's main topic. Welcome to Users First, David. How are you today? Thanks, Alicia. I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. End of, a, end of a nice relaxing day for me. That's amazing to hear. Um, are you working from home right now? These days? Yeah, so I've been, I've like been working from home fairly constantly since March. About March 12th, I think mm. it was, so a wee, bit, a wee bit later than that. How are you um, finding it? It's great. I mean, I, I, I did a lot of work from home. A lot of, a lot of the work that I did was remote, it was, was remote anyway. Um, it, with, with, uh, COVID-19, it, the, the trouble was that everybody else was working at home as well. Mm, <laughs> um, so I had no trouble with me working at home. It was, it was working with everybody else while they were at home. Was, uh, was a bit hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard many people complaining that, you know, that before they were working in the office, now they're working at home and they say, Oh, I get distracted. Like every time a dish needs to be washed, you know, like, uh, <laughs> or like something happens. Yeah. Distractions are quite nice though. If you, if you, um, if you need time to think, then a distraction is quite good. For sure, yeah. for sure, David. Uh, you know, um, tell us a bit about your journey into, uh, you know, like UX design and especially like the, the, the research part. Like, um, tell us a bit how you got to today, thanks to your past experiences. Okay, I'm quite old, so this might get long. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I... I um, I was originally uh, I graduated in marketing, so and I was trying to trying to get decent jobs in marketing um, around the time the sort of internet happened. Well, you know, the internet happened a lot a lot earlier than that, but it was getting it was getting um, more popular. Uh, so I, I started to try and learn more about sort of web design, and I ended up working as a web designer, um, and ended up at um, Royal Bank of Scotland RBS, um, working there. Um, and, um, I just sort of, I found in the team that I was in, I was the annoying person that kept, um, asking whether anybody work, could work out how any of this stuff that we were, we were making worked or understood anything that it said. And I, I sort of later found out it was actually a, that was actually a job being that annoying. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and luckily there were, there were people within, um, RBS who were quite experienced at that. And initially, um, uh, taught uh, one one person in particular, Kate. She taught me. Uh, she taught me how to run usability tests and uh, card sorting exercises and things like that. Wow! And uh, and I was also very lucky that around around the time that I was getting going, um, David Travis was uh, was starting out his own sort of consultancy, and and we we sort of hired him mm-hmm. to do to do work for us. Uh, and so I just sort of shadowed, I shadowed David um, while, while he was doing that, doing that work. So that helped me, that helped me learn. And I've 
pretty much been bugging him ever since. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I mean, he's been he's been uh, sort of like a, a useful sort of a useful mentor. He's been a bit of a mentor to me while uh, while I was I was learning. Um, mm. And so that that was that was really good to Definitely. start out with 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 people that really knew their onions, as it were. Um, Absolutely. To, to to learn the best uh, the best mentor you could possibly have is uh, yeah. David Travis. For for the ones who don't know, uh, David also has a course on uh, Udemy Udemy Academy, so you can definitely feel free to check it out. He has um, everything related to uh, research and usability testings and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So so if anybody asks me to teach them how to do usability testing, step one is go and do David Travis's Udemy course. <laughs> um, because I mean, it's for what it is, as cheap as chips, um, and uh, and you'll learn more there than I'll remember to teach you. Um, and so once you've done that, then I can then I can help you <laughs> because it just fast forwards us 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 all. So I've I've referred quite a lot of people to that course in in the past for sure, for sure. And then after you worked for RBS uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, you then you started your own journey after you were mentored and. Yeah, so I mean, there was no there was no job position for 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 what I had at, at RBS. So I was, you know, banks give everybody sort of really weird job titles, um, and so after a while, I I left to join a consultancy in a UX consultancy in in Edinburgh, uh, and and that was that was a really good step because that's where I got to got to work with organisations like the BBC. They had really great clients. Um, and so I end up working with the BBC. There's a lot of a lot of sort of public sector work. Some work for the Royal Marines and and things like that, which is really good, uh, really interesting, uh, really interesting stuff. And so that so you get I got a, a very sort of diverse um, range of experience from that. Amazing. That was, that was really good. And then, but then after that, I I decided I, I you know that I I needed more control over the design of the research that I was doing. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. I, so I, I, I went off to work for myself because I, because I, you know, in the end, that's the only way I, I could ultimately have that control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's when you kind of figured out that, uh, okay, like research and, you know, uh, usability testings are more, are more like something that I want to, I want to focus on. And then you yeah, started. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, I find the, the thing I find really interesting, I'm sorry if, you, if my children uh, come into this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> they, they really enjoy Nintendo <laughs> Switch is all I can say. Um, but uh, but the, um, the I, I just really enjoy, the, the bit that I really enjoy is trying to figure out why people behave the way they did or, or what about a design um, you know, makes people behave the way that they do, or, or uh, essentially, it's all like the investigative part of it. I, I just really fight. I really enjoy being investigative in any in any sort of way, and, and usability testing uh, is really good good for that. But I mean, there are there are other uh, you know there are other techniques that are that mm-hmm. are really good for that as mm-hmm. well. So I enjoy just trying to figure things out. Absolutely, absolutely. And which one which one is the technique that you use the most? I would say I call it usability testing, but essentially I try I try to to understand behavior, and it's it's not often the same thing. Um, you know, the 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 way that I run a, a sort of usability session or a user session isn't doesn't look like the way that I perhaps would have done for when I worked for a consultancy or 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 whatnot. Um, well, because well, ultimately, I'm I'm trying to 
help people make improvements rather than deliver a usability test report um, or so it's a, sometimes a bit got you got you it's more like results the uh, yes um report see yeah so I, I try and work at what we're trying to work out mm. and and think about what's the best way of us trying to see some something as close to natural as possible and so it, often you know i'm talking to my clients about the usability testing that we're doing and sometimes we're not really doing usability testing but we're, we're trying to, we're, we're creating scenarios uh, for target users to be in and then watching them. You know, that's, that's, that's the best bit of usability testing. Um, you're not really testing the usability when you're doing that. You're just observing, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably getting a bit too, See. a bit too complicated too early on in this. Way. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I like it. You know, I like, I like, I like these and you know, I was wondering, how do you, how do you run like a, like a, sorry, how do you run like a good good usability testing like what what does a good uh successful usability testing look like to you that you were like okay we got something out of it um so when yeah they're, they're, i mean that's exactly it some so when you've got things that you know need to change and you know how you might go about changing them um then you've then you've got um then you've then it's been successful because if you if you don't have that, then you don't really have anything. There's, there was no point in doing it. Um, so so really, it's about mm-hmm. um, making improvements to to the way things work. And if you've if so, if you've got no ideas about how something can be improved, then it wasn't a very good it wasn't a very good user study. Of course, of course. And uh, when when usability testings are done, like you mentioned, you know um, the people who are running the usability testing or like these. Uh, you know, usability testing that is not really a usability testing. Sometimes um, are tempted to ask like very generic questions, you know, like, yo, try this button, uh, you know, like try this feature. What do you think about this feature? Right. They ask very generic questions and they get too excited about the prototype that, that they made. Right. <laughs> um, how, how do you go about it in, in that case? You know, once there is like some, some features, how do you direct the user to, to do something? Well, I mean, one thing is is that people often try and test features, and and people don't people don't go to websites or, or or download apps for features. Features are the way that they try and help them do the thing that they're trying to do, and and so one mistake that that I see people make when they when they try and um, test a feature is they pretty much describe the feature within the task, um, and so the 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 participant is going looking for the feature that's been described in the task. And that's that's in no way how how anybody uses anything. Um, so so you can say, for example, you're testing some filters, yeah, and and you're like you're wording a, te- a task scenario that is pretty much saying go and find the filters. You know, you can do iterative usability testing of that and then release it, and then wonder why nobody can use it <laughs> because in reality, nobody's saying use the filters yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and that's that's what happens when you test features so so what i do is try and create scenarios in which the feature that's being tested um, would come into play and so in the first pass um see if the participant even even goes and uses or finds that feature because they're they're yes. they're in the scenario in which you would need to use it and if they can't find it or they don't see it then that's a finding in itself and then after that, obviously they want a bit of feedback about whether the feature, you know, makes sense and stuff like that. So once you've 
once you've got the most natural observations, bring you know, after that, then bring them back and then, okay, mm-hmm. let's have a look at this feature. Definitely. <laughs> type of thing. So then you, so then you've got these sort of kind of steps of your test where, where you try and keep things as natural as possible before then making them a bit more artificial. So, you know, instead of showing them the feature, you, what do you do? Do you, do you like set a task for them? Yeah. So, um, let, let me try and think of an example. Um, uh, I'm trying not to make it like a travel. All my examples end up as travel examples. Um, <laughs> I actually have uh, a travel. I have a travel project on my portfolio too. So all my uh, all my examples yeah. too are related to yeah. travels. Um, but um, but if, if it was, for example, um, a set of uh, a set of filters um, on a hotel website, um, and you're say for example, you want to see if they can only search for um hotels that have got free wi-fi or something like that rather than rather than say you know going you know try try to refine your results so that um so that you see what you say (laughs) no user wants to do yeah you're going on you're going on a trip you've not just got you've not got much money um you're uh, and you're going to have to do some work while you're there so you want somewhere where you, you, you don't ha- you're not going to have to leave your room in order to take take a Zoom call for a meeting or something like that. You know, you create the scenario without saying use the feature to refine these results. And so what you what you maybe find is that quite a lot of people will just go ahead without trying to do that, and that's uh, without using the feature. I like it. And then that's that in itself is a finding. And then you know once you've you've captured the fact that okay, they've not. They've not used the feature to do this thing, and then, like after that, you can go, okay, let's have a let's have a look at this bit over here. You know, explain to me what this is, and, and then you know, uh, then get that that sort of uh, that sort of um, feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it from, will come like very very natural from the way you're describing it. You just you know, let the user do its thing, set like a goal, set a task, and eventually he will use those features too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Eventually, I'll force them to do it, but you know, <laughs> but not not in the, not in the first pass. Mm-hmm. So that so then nobody gets to pretend that the thing that you and because you know a lot of a lot of bad stuff gets um, gets explained away because we did usability testing. We say, oh, we did, but we did usability testing. So, yeah, you might have done, but it doesn't mean the feature still doesn't suck. You know, there's there's you know. Um, because like, because of the way that you've you've run the, the usability testing, and, and for example, you if you're uh, say for example you're revisiting the the sort of primary nav of your your website and you're doing a mega menu, uh, you could do some prototype testing of that, in which you're asking people to to find things from the from the mega menu, and you're think and you're finding things that that go well and other things that that don't go so well. Uh, and then you can then you can go you know further and further, but all the time you're testing the menu, mm-hmm. and that's never going to be the same as when that menu finally gets onto the website, hmm. and you're not and you're not testing the menu, you're testing the website, um, and therefore and then you start finding issues with the menu because it has to exist with all this other stuff, um, and that's wow. that's. That's it's how how it's how Absolutely. the thing's going to work and and wh- where it is rather than 
you know, because a, a participant in a usability test will essentially do as they as they think the, the, what they want you to do. And so if you've got, like, for example, if, um, if you're testing your, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but um, if you, if you, um, if you're testing a website, they'll spend the entire time on that website. Now, people don't behave like that. People don't spend an hour on a website normally. Um, they sometimes spend a few seconds and then, you know, disappear to the next one. Uh, it's the same with if you're testing a feature. If you're testing, they'll spend an inordinate amount of time trying to understand it. You, you might have explanatory text that, that, they, that they, they studiously read because they think that you want them to read it. But in real life, they're not going to read that text, you know? And you don't get to capture that because you've not, you've not tested it in this sort of natural environment. You've tested the feature. Mm-hmm. Of course, of uh, course. Has uh, so. it ever happened to you that, um, you know, for some reason, maybe there was like not so much budget or maybe there was like some constraints in a project that you couldn't do a one-on-one session for usability testing, but perhaps maybe it was like some clients as users, right? It was like maybe some like internal users, there were some clients and they could only get like um, three people at once and you had to run a usability testing, like basically in front of three people. Three, you had three users in front of you or maybe two users in front of you. Did it ever happen? Um, I've, I've never done it. Um, and the reason, the reason is I would rather just do one person, um, than three, because one person on their own, they'll behave more naturally than they will with three people. So you just get three people behaving Mm. like they do when two other people are watching. I was asking that because it's happened to me and, uh, for, because of that reason, I found it very, very challenging and I had to, yeah. I had to push my limits, uh, really, yeah. of uh, usability testing skills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and and it's, um, you know, I've I've heard it, I've heard it suggested by uh, UX consultancies as a way of, and this was this was a long time ago, right enough, but as a way of keeping budgets down. And really, if you if you're going to if you're going to a UX consultancy with a with a plush office in the high street of Edinburgh, London or, or whatever. Um, and, um, and you're, what you're looking for ways of getting your budget down, you know, doing focus group testing is not that thing that that, that thing is do not work with that agency <laughs> because they're, cause you, cause you're paying for their office, yeah. you know, <laughs> find, find some, find somebody who, who doesn't have an office in Edinburgh to pay for, to do it. And then you, and then do three individual tests rather than the, uh, Absolutely. The one test with three people. Uh, has, has it ever happened to you that, uh, for example, you know, like you're in a situation that you've made like two beautiful prototypes or, you know, you, you have like two working, working good prototypes with some valid ideas, but there is some indecision among stakeholders and among designers on which prototype to test. And how do you usually go about it? Do you test both or maybe you just test one? Um, so I'm a big believer in just trying to bring your best game to the to the test because um, anything anything that you find out in a test that that's blocking people is is also blocking you from finding out usability issues that are behind that. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you've got two prototypes and essentially you're just trying to choose between between those two prototypes, then there's a whole lot of stuff that you're not going to find out um, because you haven't brought your best game to it because because essentially. You can't sort your organisational shit out, <laughs> for want of a better way of a better way of saying it. True. 
Um, but and if and if you take two prototypes uh, into a test, get prepared to make version three <laughs> because there'll be there'll be something about version one that you'll that's good and bad, and there'll be something about version two that's good and bad, um, and there'll be things that need to be preserved. So it's not a great way. It's not a great way of solving debates anyway. Um, that that's that's really you've you've got organisational problems if if that's what what that's you're right. doing usability testing for. Right. And if that's the case, right? They, you know, two stakeholders, uh, multiple stakeholders deciding, you know, debating. This is better. This is better. You know, like how do you, from the point of view of a researcher, how do you kind of balance the situation and find what's going to be the prototype to be tested? Uh, that, that's kind of really, really hard to say without the without the example. Mm. Um, but um, I guess it's like what what's the purpose? You know, what what's the purpose of what we're whatever we're changing? Um, so what are we trying to improve? You know, why why does this and that and 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 um, even before even before we get to 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 things like that, if there's um, if there's something that that works like the thing that we're trying to do in existence on the internet already, the first thing I would do is go and go and test some examples of that with users, and so then you can learn stuff, and you and you're less likely to end in this position where you've got these two these two prototypes because if essentially you've taken what's out there, you've not. You, you've taken the good bits of what you can see because you've tested a lot of it and you've left a lot of the bad bits out because you've learned with their mistakes that are still sitting there live um, as your first pass. And then you, and then you test that. Um, I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think when the last time I was in a situation where we had, where we had two designs to test. I mean, it, I, I guess I'm, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I, I know that I, I basically say, look, yeah, you know, decide. Uh, Some time ago, I was in a workshop um, in Edinburgh, and um, the workshop was about uh, research and uh, especially usability testings. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you might have been there too. Uh, what was it called? Uh, I forgot. I forgot. I think it was the IXDA workshop. Oh yeah. Could I, I, I wasn't at the workshop, but I know that I've done it. There was one uh, where uh, you know Bobby Bobby King was being one of the speakers about usability right. testing. With uh, mm. yeah, I think he was there. With, anyway, uh, with Mike Jefferson. Yes, yes, that was yeah, the okay. one. That was a that was a product tank, I think. <laughs> yeah, was. product tank. That's that was the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were saying, um, you know, the like the whole the whole event was focused on how basically, uh, you know, usability testings can, can solve like all these issues of, you know, being uh, indecis- indecisive about how the product is going to look like, in, you know, in the end it was like just doing usability testing and you'll, you'll find your path. <laughs> mm. Simple as that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not as much in agreement with that. I mean, I think I always like to, to, um, to get as much, Mm-hmm. spread of data as, as as possible um i think if I, I think if usability testing was the only thing um that i used to um i used to make decisions we'd probably make some pretty bad ones in fact you know but mm. <laughs> in the early days of me working with uh, with skyscanner when i was when i was freelance i i i did give them some pretty bad advice um and because that's exactly what i was doing and then when i got a hold of when I got kind of deeper into the data that they had, I was like, Ooh, 
right? Just as well, just as well, we didn't do that. <laughs> um, so, so I get actually it's, when I when I was working at Skyscan, I, I really got a, a sort of you know a, an appreciation for sort of triangulating uh, data and um, and usability and sort of essentially watch observing behavior is 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 sort of one one aspect of that, that, that can give you some, give you some clues, mm-hmm. but you can go, you could go digging around to see how, you know, if you find a, a usability issue with something that's live, then there, sh- there should be some traces of that within, within your analytics of, of, is that a big thing? Is that, you know, if that was a big thing, what, what would we, what, what would we likely see in the analytics? Let's go and, let's go and have a look. Mm-hmm. Um, Particularly these days, when you've got things like one of my one of my favourite things to do is when when I've got a client that uses something like Full Story, um, I, I find it so much more useful now because I'll I'll, I'll analyse the uh, analyse the the results, but also I'll, I'll have a look in uh, Full Story. Also, mix panel. Some some clients have got that, uh, and then dig around to to see is this big. You know, is this, is this a big thing that you should be should be worrying about? Because I, I try not to I try not to give clients a big massive list of things to change because it's entirely unmotivating and or demotivating. I don't know what the right word is there, but um, mm-hmm. and also it's unrealistic. They will never do them all. Most of those most of those recommendations will languish uh, and never and never be done. So you get like I, I I'm more about like what are the top things that you should be looking at here. Mm-hmm. And try and give them those things, and and digging around, digging around in analytics and and and, and other uh, data sources helps like you it. sort of get a, a, a sense of how how important the thing that you found. Uh, I, I really like that. How, how have you found um, in consultancy uh, trying to get clients to do more, you know, research and usability testings? So um, one one thing I, I sort of. Uh, I, I I don't ever try and convince. I, I don't try and ever convince clients to do it. If if that if a client needs convincing, they're not they're not at the right stage mm-hmm. for, for for me to really be working with them because we spend the whole we'll spend a whole lot of money me just telling them that they're not doing it right. You know, and you know they won't. They're not ready to get. They're not really ready to get any value out of me. Um, True. And so it'll be a bit of an expensive waste of time for them. Um, and it's not enjoyable for me. Um, so th- these days, these days I try and work with people who, who are like converted on that, but they're just wanting to do it better. They've maybe, they maybe like, uh, you know, done some usability testing themselves or they've done some other research themselves. They've, they've maybe started projects that, um, that, that they they thought at the start were going to be like have such an impact and then when they when they release them nothing happened and they don't know why and so they think oh, we we need a bit of help and somebody's usually said you maybe want to speak to david about that um because because most of the work i get is is now through recommendation um which is a kind of a lucky place to be in but, um Absolutely. so i and so i, I, I was country. never really that good at that because i, I i'm not very I'm not very sort of kind of tolerant of, <laughs> of, of, of of that sort of you is really that that's you know that's not how good software is made if you don't realize that yet then well you've got a lot of learning to do 
uh, you know, when, when you want to, when people want to up their game, then they can. Yeah, no, you have to be like truly appreciated. People have to understand what you're about and what you do and why certain things are needed. Then if they don't, you know, it's best, you know, maybe you're not compatible to be working together or maybe yeah, some, they're I mean, not there, much there, enough. There are, plenty, there are plenty other, there are plenty other companies that are, it's really, I mean, it comes down to, to like, I'm not very a salesy person. I don't, I don't really want to be. Um, and, and really you have to sort of kind of sell that. I mean, I, I've, I've obviously, I've been internal and 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 uh, and selling the benefits of of using ev- you know evidence based decisions and and things like that. But that way, I've I've, I've you know that that's a that's a different um, that's a different challenge about how to internally show the value of it rather than as a as a freelancer trying to con- yes. convince somebody that they that they need it. Um, I the find the same problem too. I'm like you, by the way, I don't, I don't like to sell things and, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing it. So I would rather go somewhere else than actually try to convince. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's part of the nature that makes people quite good at um, user experience is also the same nature that makes them pretty pathetic at, <laughs> at sales. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, you know, if, yeah. if you, if you, if you come across a, a UX consultant that's, that's like seems really on the ball with our sales, I would start worrying about how good, are, how good they are at their actual, at the actual job. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, no wonder yeah. why they put me in the research party where I work right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah. it's, well, it, People that are that are more sort of uh, pensive about things want to take time to understand things. Um, you know, don't want to just you know shout out an answer because uh, you know, like sound of their own voice. Although I haven't said that, I do talk a lot for somebody who's so introverted. But um, but yeah, more introverted types tend to tend to be make better mm-hmm. researchers in my in my experience. Um, it doesn't make them very good at sales. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree on that 100%. Um, you know, I had um, one more question just to kind of uh, wrap up. If you if you had any, any you know, like good tips for people that want to improve the usability testing skills or their in general um, research uh, for uh, user experience design, uh, what would be your uh, top, um, top um, tips for them? Top thing is trying, trying as much as you can, um, sort of create a scenario that's that's natural, that that that's um, and 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 try to reduce your your influence on uh, on on the uh, on the scenario that you're that you're creating. That that cause that can be applied to a whole load of things, um, and uh, and try to try to test. Or, or research with participants who are um, as close as you can get to your to your target users. Um, be, I mean, sometimes that's that that's a bit of a luxury, but um, but people people suggest it's a whole lot better watching somebody who has the need that that your things des- designed for, and they they have that need right now, or have had it quite recently, than than you asking somebody who sort of loosely fits target users to pretend that they're, you know, pretend you're buying a car. You know, I, I, I can remember doing that now. Um, 
anything and, and people were people were just googling car it's like really um when <laughs> when it's so, when somebody when somebody's really uh really in the market for a car they they want to know how many miles are on the clock you know they want to you want they want to see photographs of it to see mm-hmm. if it's you know under it to see if it's rusting and things like that you know the the, the um people have a need that's entirely mm-hmm. uh, different and try and i guess and, and try not to try not to put glib stuff in your in your scenario so i, I um, one thing that i see quite a lot is like imagine we gave you a credit card you know what what would what would you buy uh, and somebody what well, if I imagine you give me your credit card, I'm going to buy something really bloody expensive. That <laughs> I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, making glib tasks, mm-hmm. um, well, you'll get glib behavior. Um, and so, yeah, try not to do that. No, I, I completely agree on that hundred percent. You know, that's the difference between people that, uh, you know, are trying to sell things and people that are, they don't. The people that are trying to sell things, they'll just think of, you know, like uh, what's like they don't think about the the internal the deep the deep part of the process while the researchers they i guess uh, maybe it's not the right word but empathize maybe maybe empathize a bit more I don't want to. I don't want to overuse this you, word. You've encountered my. You, have you encountered my beef with the word empathy somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know that uh, you you have written an article about uh, the you know over over empathizing. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like, and essentially, I I I sort of condone more like trying to understand. Um, I think I think people who who who, who go if you go to a, a bunch of uh, sort of software developers. And, and start telling them to hug users and 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 love them and, and empathize with them and they're like what but if, if you if you if you say well the way you build good software is by understanding the people that it's built for mm-hmm. is a whole lot. one that's an easier sell but it's more realistic you don't have to you don't have to love somebody or i know it's not i know it's not love but you know you don't, it's not about, it's almost like when people overuse the word empathy, it's, it's, it's too self-reflective. It's like, I'm a good person and you're not because I'm, I empathize with users. And it's like, that's just rubbish, uh, you know, because you can still make really rubbish software whilst, <laughs> what but, you know, empathizing. <laughs> whilst empathizing over a persona you've made or something that's like true. that. Um, it's really, do you understand do you understand what's important to that person? Do you understand the way that they do things? Do you understand the order that they do it? Do you understand the environment that they're in? Do you understand the context? Yeah. You know, that, that, sort of, that sort of stuff. Just, just, be- <laughs> just because you love a person doesn't mean that you can make him happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, be careful when uh, saying the word empathizing, for sure. <laughs> when I'm in the room. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, if you're a startup and, you know, a large corporation and you need uh, help, you know, with your next steps of your product, I think David is the man. This is the wrap up. And yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And also, if you're, you know, in the beginning of your X journey and you want to improve your usability testing skills, your research methods, and uh, anything else really. Uh, David has a ton of experience. He's learned from the best of the best, and he definitely has a lot to uh, tell. Uh, how can someone get in touch with you, David, if they wanted to contact you? Um, uh, LinkedIn is LinkedIn's a good place 
to find me. Um, because I, I tend to answer, I tend to answer pretty much every message I get uh, on LinkedIn. I'll put an asterisk there, I don't get that many. <laughs> so if I've got, if I got thousands, then maybe that'd be, that'd be hard. But, um, and, uh, and, and so, and, and yeah, so I often sort of jump. Mm-hmm. One, one of the benefits of being freelance is you've got a bit more spare time from time to time. So sometimes I, I like uh, if I've got spare time, I jump on a Zoom call and give people advice when they just, when they just have got something that they're, that they're troubled with in terms of uh, research and, and things like that. So, yeah, just give us a shout on LinkedIn. Um, it's probably the best way to do That's it. That's great to know. Don't be afraid. David is super friendly and uh, he will help you out with your needs. Unless you, unless well, you talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Don't kill anyone. Uh, you, can, you can check out uh, David's site at um, appux.beats. And you can also check out his uh, Medium articles, which are quite interesting. And um, he actually writes uh, pretty often, so um, about research, about usability testings, and about uh, how he deals uh, with consultancy. Thank you very much, David. Uh, This was uh, a pleasure. It was great talking to you, Alex. Thank you. Have a good day.